Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, lust has replaced love. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. That's what we see in our colleges. When our kids go off to colleges, every weekend in most colleges, they're bombed out of their mind and they're sleeping with whoever. Absolutely no control. People that sit in our churches today go off to college and adopt the lifestyle of the college. What signs are we already beginning to see that signify the end times are upon us? Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners how our corrupt culture is already negatively influencing the lives of many, and how this was all prophesied to happen in the last days of the earth. Satan is very crafty and always looking for ways to deceive the church. As Christ followers, we must walk through life, especially as the end times draw near, even more we need to cling to God's word, understanding that the enemy is waiting to pounce. How can you protect yourself from being conformed to the godless ways of our world today? Listen in to find out. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, The Signs of the End of the World. You see, very often people say this to me, Pastor Mark, I'll be a Christian someday, it's no big deal. I'm not really interested in following Christ now. You know, Christians get laughed at and persecuted really bad. You know, maybe you were a Christian last week and somebody laughed at you in school. They were really persecuted. Man, let's put you right up there with the disciples. Like, wow. Ooh. What? So you don't become a Christian. You think you're going to become a Christian when your life is on the line during the tribulation? You're going to see later that many people are just going to leave the faith. They won't be persecuted. If you can't be a Christian now, I'm afraid you'll have a very difficult time ever, ever standing for Christ. So we see what's coming, and here's our fifth sign. One we don't want to write down, but Jesus spoke of it. Martyrdom and death. You see, the persecution of Christians is all over the world, but to be very honest, we're isolated. See, Jesus says, you're going to be handed over and persecuted and put to death. This is happening all around our world. Now, what's going to happen as we move through that? It's going to get what? More frequent? And more people are going to be persecuted. Before we get to the tribulation. You'll see later when I read a certain statement, there may come a day here in the United States. You know, there is no country in the world that still has on their coin, in God we trust. One day that'll be gone. And when that's gone from our coin, look out. 
Some of us will die. If Jesus doesn't come back soon, we'll be gone. This is the world you're inheriting. Young parent, make sure that you're raising your kids. See, the world is after us. Satan is after us. Now, look back at that verse. I want you to see something. Why are these people persecuted? You're Bible scholars this morning. Look at your verse. We just read it. Why are they persecuted? Because of what? Because of, what's it say? Vieira, what's it say? Because of me. So Jesus said, you're going to be killed and persecuted because what? Of Jesus Christ. Peter and John went up to the temple one day, and there was a man that was lame from birth. He said, you got any money? He said, no, we don't have any money. He was expecting a coin. But they said, what we do have in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. He was healed. Later, the Jewish leaders came to him and said, what's the deal with this? And Peter, who ran before Pentecost, stood boldly and said this, the reason you see this man healed today is not us. It's not our church. It's certainly not anything to do with religion. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, that this man walks free today. Why are we going to be persecuted? Because we're Jesus followers. We're not a church follower. We're not a religious follower. We're not an Allah follower. We're a Jesus follower. We're Christ followers. There's power in the name of Jesus. Now, look at verse 10. At that time, circle this word in your Bible, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Not a few. During the tribulation, many. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Notice, this is number six. What's going to happen during that seven years? Apostasy and desertion or deflection, whatever word you want to use. In other words, there are going to be people in the church that aren't really Christians. They become Christians, they think, they become religious. And during this tribulation period, they decide to chuck it in because of persecution, because of being threatened to die. They just, they just chuck it in. Other people who are true believers, they really came to know Christ. We learned in Hebrews chapter 6, they go, there's no way I'm going to be a martyr for Christ. And I renounce him now in front of you. See, persecution has always been with us, forever. The early church was persecuted. The first 300 years of church history is just filled with persecution. Millions of Christians were fed to lions and wild animals. They died. They didn't turn back. They didn't deflect from the faith. They didn't desert. They simply were persecuted. But during this time... It's going to be a different picture. Many are going to say, it isn't worth it. And they turn a little bit of freedom and get the 666, which cannot be removed, for a little bit of life now, but they lose eternity forever. Why? Because they're going to be deceived. Look at Luke 21. It says this, even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, will betray you. They will even kill some of you. 
And everyone will hate you. Here we are again. Notice, everyone will hate you because you are my followers. That's why I don't use the term Christian. You're either a Christ follower or you're not. Now, what does this mean? Well, it means during the tribulation, a daughter will turn her Christ-following father in. He'll be arrested and murdered. A son will turn a daughter in. Your best friend will turn you in. We can't trust anybody because it's a time of deception, apostasy. You say, well, Pastor Mark, does that happen today? Yes. When I go to India every year and I teach in their seminary, many of those young people that are there, when they accepted Christ and renounced Hinduism, they were disbanded from their family forever. Never to go back. See, it's no different. It's just going to increase, let's see if you can remember, in intensity and frequency. So we already see it. It's just going to get more and more and more and more. Well, look at verse 12. Because of the, here's that word, the pregnancy is closer. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. So what is those seven years going to look like? Well, sin is going to be very attractive. People are going to be totally deceived by sin. That brings us sign number seven. Immorality and depravity. Immorality and depravity. The little sign you see there speaks of something called morality creeps. Morality creeps. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Jesus said that society would become increasingly lawless, immoral as time approaches. In fact, later on when we finish chapter 24, we'll see that Jesus says the world will be just as evil as it was in the times of Noah. Is our society becoming increasingly lawless and more immoral? Do you see that happening every day? See, morality creeps. What do I mean by morality? I mean things that used to be off limits slowly become acceptable. Do you know what I mean? Let's go back. Some of you can't go back, but I can go back to 30, 40 years ago and you can watch TV. And you can watch the Nelsons on TV or any of the family programs. The kids obeyed their parents. There was a husband in the home. There was a wife in the home. They had a lot of fun. Kids always got in trouble like they do anywhere. It doesn't matter. We never knew how they had kids because mom and dad always had twin beds on those shows. <laughs> what do we have today in our shows? Well, rarely will you find a father in a home. If you do, he's portrayed as an idiot. The kids are disrespectful. You'll see that in a moment. Mom's sleeping with Joe next door. Dad's sleeping with somebody here. The kids are having sex. Or we have our token homosexual on every show. Am I right or am I wrong? Now, is this improving our society or not? No, it is not. 
No, I don't mean you have to sleep in separate beds. That's crazy. But see, we've allowed this morality to come and just creep. Well, that's a sign of what's happening. And we're very close. Morality creeps. And things which used to be off limits for a good reason are now acceptable. Hold your finger right there and turn back to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's a few books before the book of Revelation where you were previously. Vieira, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want you young people, students, college students, high school students, junior high students, pay very close attention to the things we're going to talk about. Paul would write to Timothy, a young pastor. This is 2,000 years ago. Notice what Paul writes. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this. In other words, pay attention. There will be terrible times when. Tell me. Tell me when. In, are we living in the last days? Yes, we are. How close are we? We don't know. We don't set dates. There will be terrible times in the last days. Well, what will that look like? People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents. Yeah, Pastor Mark, MTV says that's like a sign of a growing teenager. That's really healthy. You taking your morality from MTV? Ungrateful, unholy, without love. See, lust has replaced Love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. That's what we see in our colleges. When our kids go out to colleges, every weekend in most colleges, they're bombed out of their mind and they're sleeping with whoever. Absolutely no control. People that sit in our churches today go off to college and adopt the lifestyle of the college. Brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Here's the kicker. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with them. You see, if you see love of self, that's simply humanism. Our generation 2030 are pretty much lovers of self. That's what they define. Lovers of money. Maybe the older generation more. Materialism. Your business comes before God. Lovers of pleasure. That's our students. Hedonism. It's much of our world. No love for God and others. Lust has replaced love. Notice this last line. Vera, notice this last line. Having a form of godliness. What does that mean? It means in this last seven years, the church... So be it, underground, whatever, hiding, will be filled with people who seem religious. It's not too much different than today. They outwardly make a profession that they're followers of Christ, but their actions deny what they say. Their ungodly behavior shows that they're living a lie. Notice, having a form of godliness, but denying the power to live a holy life. Now, when you think about that, 
Before any of us came to Christ, we were all sinners. Could I get an amen? Amen. And our flesh ruled our life. We're body, soul, and spirit. My flesh always ruled my life before I came to Christ. And I did whatever. You did whatever. We're all sinners saved by grace. That was our lifestyle. But when you become a Christ follower, no longer are we to have strongholds or a pattern of life that is incompatible with being a Christian. Now, I sin. So do you. But I don't have a pattern of life that controls me. Don't you realize those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom? That's a stronghold. It's something that, it's a pattern in your life that you can't get rid of. It's a sin you keep repeating over, it just, it just grabs you. You're not demon-possessed, a Christian can't be. Look what Paul says, don't fool yourself. Well, I'm fine. Some of you have a form of godliness, you never even become a Christian. Well, you're absolutely under the control of sin. Those who indulge in sexual sin, let me just stop there and say this. Those who indulge in sexual sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. What is sexual sin? Let me just define this quickly. God designed sin. Hugh Hefner did not. Sexuality comes very often in our lives from sin. God let sin come into the world. It wasn't his choice. It was always man's choice. But to have man say good or evil, there had to be a choice. Sin is enticing. It tempts me. And one of the greatest places it tempts us, God knew it, was sex. So here's what God said with sex. I designed sex. It's perfect. It's wonderful. It's always, listen to me closely, it'll never change. It's always between one man and one woman who are sealed by God in marriage for life. And in that marriage, sexuality is incredible. Outside of that, any form is a sin. If you're in that lifestyle and you continue to reproduce that, Let me just say kindly to you what Paul said. You will not go to heaven. Let's read on. It's not just sexual sin. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice, practice is the key word, homosexuality, or are thieves. You're a business person here today. You've cheated on your income for the last 12 years. You've got away with it and you love it. You can't be a practice thief and go to heaven. It's no different than a homosexual. Or greedy people, or drunkards, always getting drunk. Or abusive, or cheat people. Notice the word, none, Vieira, notice the word, none of these. None is none. Will inherit the kingdom of God. Then Paul gives good news. He looks out among the congregation at the church and he says this. Some of you were once like that. Really, I would change the wording. I would say all of you were just like that. Because I was too. M-A-N, amen, amen. We were all sinners, just different sins. Then he says this. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling. Here it comes. Get ready. I'm going to shout. By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. 
You see, there's nothing, listen, nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. He can set anyone free from a pattern of sin. Anyone. That's the good news we have today. As we go to the end of time, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Now, some of you say, Pastor Mark, none of your business what I do in my private life. No, you're wrong. I'm your pastor. I want to be in heaven with you. I'm going to teach you the truth lovingly. Turn back to Matthew 24. Jesus says to these people that we're going to be in those kind of sins, lawlessness will increase. Do you know that we can't keep up with the prisons today? Lawlessness is just increasing. It's in front of us all the time. And pretty soon, Paul just says, Jesus just says, this lawlessness is going to increase. But he says, I have a solution for you. Look in verse 13. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. In other words, if we just hang in there, if we get free, if we get delivered from our sins, if we remain followers of Christ, even in the tribulation, you will be delivered. Doesn't mean you'd be delivered from being killed, but you will be delivered from that and go right to heaven. You see, Paul said we should be successfully finishing the race. In Hebrews, in chapter 12 says, I can't finish the race if this little besetting sin constantly keeps me from being free to live for Christ. The book of Hebrews was written to a group of people who were thinking going back from Christianity into Judaism because of persecution. Look what Paul wrote in Hebrews 3. You see it there. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving turning away from the living God. You must warn each other every day. Why? Because I'm tempted just like you are to watch the wrong show, to say the wrong thing, to do this, to do that. Sin is insidious. But I have a power in me that says no to God, that says flip it to another channel or turn this stupid thing off after all. Then he goes on and he says, not only must you warn each other today while it's still today, so that why? So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. See, that's the good news. Look at verse 14. This is our last key for today. And this gospel, the good news of the kingdom, will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. What does that mean? God loves the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world. So God in love will make sure that the whole, listen, watch me, the whole world will hear the good news. The list of signs to expect as we near the end of this world seems to never end, and so many of them seem to be in our present world today. Now, Pastor Mark warned listeners not to grow weary in the spreading of the gospel today and to be mindful of where our world is at. How often do you live with an eternal mindset? Can you more effectively operate your life in a way that is centered around the second coming of Christ Jesus? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. 
Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. The rapture is probably one of the most talked about topics in the church today. What's it going to be like? And more importantly, when will it happen? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will define for listeners the meaning of the word rapture and what to expect as Christ followers. There will be two phases of our Lord's return to earth, and this one will be the first as he joyously meets believers in the air. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world. Here